Live, guys. I believe we are live now. I think so. Hey, guys, how's it going? Um, I'm pretty sure we're live. Can I get a five by five in the chat just to make sure you guys can hear us okay? I think you should be able to. Um, so we're excited to be here with you guys tonight. This is uh, I've been looking forward to getting into this subject a little deeper for a while now. Uh, just Sasquatch Bigfoot, you know, I've had experiences. This is one of the things I've been interested in since I was a child. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to talk to both of these people. But before I introduce them, um, a few things about the conference. There are still tickets available if you guys would like to come join us May 2nd through the 5th in Grafton, Illinois. Secret Space Conference, if you guys are just tuning in and you don't know what I'm talking about, we've decided to put on a conference surrounding the topic of the secret space program and we have some whistleblowers researchers uh, among many other people going to be there and we're trying to build a credible case for the reality of this program that's been operating in secrecy since the potentially the 40s 50s who knows um so come grab uh come hang out with us grab a ticket secretspaceconference.info there are live stream tickets available for those who cannot make it in person and we did have a question recently about uh, is the live stream going to be have closed caption? Um, and that I don't know. We are working on it yet because um, that's a good, that's a great question that the person who reached out uh, has a hearing disability and they won't be able to um, hear, unfortunately. So we are going to get that worked out and we will try and have closed captioning for you guys for the live stream. Uh if you guys are looking to stay on site, there is on-site camping available. Uh, all the lodges are, are booked up right now, but there are people looking for roommates, which we've created a Telegram group, which is in the chat below. Uh, you guys can connect with people there, um, figure out travel and room lodging accommodations. Some people are sharing rides from the airport if you're looking to save money on rooms. And uh, people are there are plenty of hotels and Airbnbs available also if you... Um, can't if you can't find somewhere to stay on site uh we're anyway we're looking forward to seeing everyone out there it's right around the corner it's like 35 days away or something like that so grab a ticket come hang out with us we can't wait to meet everybody that being said uh tonight we are joined by jessica jones uh all aka oracle of the south aka the cryptid huntress <laughs> uh host of into the portal and she has a, a few projects she is actually a part of and we are also joined by Mike Patterson, founder of Sasquatch Ontario. I've been watching his videos for years now. Uh, some of the vocalizations that he's got on foot on camera and this audio recordings he's gotten uh, over the years, just absolutely mind blowing, you know, and I remember showing people way years ago, like some of his videos before I even knew who he was. And you know, everybody's like, oh, that's not real. That's not real. But uh, after so many years of just getting it or researching this subject and having my own experiences, it turns out it's very real. And I'm excited to talk to both of you guys. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Happy to be here. Right, right. Yeah, great to have so, you um, Mike, I'll give you a chance to, uh, I'll let you go first as far as letting people know, you know, how you got into this and what made you decide to start uh, you know, create Sasquatch Ontario and pursue this as a researcher. Um, before, before this all happened, I was spending time in the woods with a camera, basically. I'm off, bought some 
quality camera gear. I love nature, so I was out in the woods in my time off, most of the time by myself, and just, you know, looking for that National Geographic photo opportunity, right? And one day, I just had an epiphany to start looking for Sasquatch, and I don't know where that came from. At this point, I think they had some influence there, uh, considering what I've learned over the years. Um, I guess I think I was being watched, and, and I... I had made a, uh, I'd done some research into the subject and um, the, the first three times I went out for activity, actually I had experiences, you know, basically right away and it didn't take long before, um, I think it was the second time I went searching for Sasquatch activity that uh, I had a close vocal encounter in an area that was entirely unexpected. What I've learned over the years is their proximity to us is, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be in the deep woods. Um, they're, they have abilities that just, they're astounding, right? So I, I had a post-vocal encounter in a very unexpected area that just put me on this path today. And, um, you know, I've been at it ever since. So it's been uh, 14 years now and a decade documenting the same family who have given me just so much experience. I've learned so much about them. Um, you know, a lot of people still are on this ape theory, but uh, that, that that's what got me into it, though. You know, doing the photography thing and, and I think they were watching and basically on this path and so this is where I am today. Right. And I think I'll be there for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, that's, that, yeah. that seems to be it. You know, once certain people have the itch for it and it's a passion and you're never, especially if you, you know, you're in contact with the same family for a decade, I'm sure you've developed a relationship on some level um, with them. I don't know what that's looked like for you, but it's nothing you're going to just walk away from. No, no, it's uh at one time, there was um, I'm working with the property owner for the most part. You know, it's a bit of uh, uh, at one point the the visits. You know, the plug got pulled uh, visiting the cottage there for probably about a maybe close to a couple of years. So that you know that really put a strain on things for a bit. But I was still up in the area doing. You know, I've never stopped. Right, and then um, you know we mended our our uh, the, the stuff that we had going between us which was from outside influence and and we've been at it ever since and uh, yeah at this point so there's been one main character and documented a four inch growth on his foot over eight winters and I haven't seen it yet this year he hasn't shown it yet this year um, I expect it would probably be even bigger um, considering his age and is the growth spurt that he's going through. So I've been able to document um, growth, you know, in the in, in family members throughout this this period and learned a lot uh, about them, you know, some of their ages and names and this sort of things. Right. We're going to get into all that because uh, some of the vocalizations you've captured are amazing. And you said you've even learned some of their names, which uh that's that in itself is incredible to me yeah um and how did it, uh one one more question that i get to you jessica how did you discover their names asking 
simply just asking for them. And um, the first time, the first one came through uh, audio, you know, I'd sit there and I'd state my name all the time, say, Mike, Mike. And I kept repeating my, my name over and over because I knew they were there. And, and one, uh, one visit, uh, I was doing, doing playback on the audio and listening to the audio. And, and Nefetia is his name. Um, he said, Mike Dwayne, uh, who's the cottage owner, uh, Nefetia. And he's also said Anastasia sister. Um, and then we've gotten some other names too, through writing, telepathy. Um, there's been a few different ways. So we've gotten, uh, I think, seven or eight family member names at this point. Wow. That's incredible. Um, and this is all up in Ontario. You've never left that area. No, it's all in the same. Uh, I've actually, um, in the 14 years, I've, I've moved four times. And activity has followed me each time. It doesn't matter where I go. So I think it's the person too, right? The, the activity tends to follow, follow you once you connect to them. And, um, but as far as documenting Ness family, he has his home area. Although they have been in you know come to visit me i tend to like going up there because it, it tends to be more on the activity level than you know i get visits at home sometimes too but i'm developing something else here at home as well not just it's not Neff's family that's here so oh yeah but it's all been on, in ontario right it seems like the activity is kind of ramping up for a lot of people right now um, Jessica, I guess let people know who you are and how you got into this, and then we'll really get into this discussion. Yeah, well, I am a Bigfoot field researcher, and uh, I've been doing this for about 11 years. I've been in the field. I, I never went public with any of my research until this past year. Um, you know, I kind of stumbled upon this, okay? So I've been attuned with the paranormal my entire life. You know, when I was a kid, I was seeing ghosts, and, uh, you know, I was always looking for UFOs in the sky and things like that. And, um, you know, about 11 years ago, I was, um, I went with my mom to a meeting to go see these guys uh, talk about their Bigfoot field research. Uh, you know, we live in Georgia and these gentlemen were from Georgia and they, they, uh, researched all over the South and, uh, it was very convincing. You know, I was like, you know, I wanted to know if Bigfoot was real <laughs> and, you know, I went up after the, the program and I asked them a bunch of questions and they ended up inviting me on an expedition. And so that's how I got started with Bigfoot. Um, you know, it, I'd, I never had had any personal experience with Bigfoot that I know of, um, but I'd, I'd had experience with other paranormal phenomena. So, um, you know, I went out and uh, the, first, the first time, you know, I went out in the woods with a bunch of strange men, <laughs> the best decision I ever made, because, you know, um, it really led me on a path to enlightenment in a lot of ways, you know, um, not only did I have Bigfoot contact and experience the first weekend that I was out in the woods, um, I had UFOs flying over my head all weekend and we've had interdimensional stuff going on. We've had alien ET contact, all this other stuff. It's just all kind of a big combination of just a bunch of paranormal weirdness, you know, every time I'm out in the woods and you know, every time we have Bigfoot activity out there, we're having ETs and orbs and stuff like that. We have a lot of the stuff documented. As a matter of fact, um, I'm a member of three different teams and I work with people from all over the country out in the field. And um, we actually have documented a portal, something that we consider to be a portal um, opening. And we sent two of our team members inside of it and really? it disappeared. And then 
came back out. And yeah, so that's a whole other layer to all of this, right? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that, that's how I got into it. And uh, somehow I, I've been called to talk about it now. <laughs> and so, um, well, yeah. Something, something about your uh, teams I've read on your, I think it was your website. Um, so your team is comp comprised of remote viewers also. Well, we, we were all taught remote viewing after we had some pretty serious ET like UFO uh, occurrences out in the field uh, while we were doing Bigfoot research. So one of the members of our team, actually the head of one of my teams is a, an amazing remote viewer. And uh, he taught our entire team. We do uh, coordinate remote viewing and energetic remote viewing. We have different, different types of remote viewing that we do. But it's really just to examine things that we experience out in the woods. And uh, I mean, I help find missing people. You know, sometimes I get contacted to, to help do cold cases with people that are missing or suspected dead and things like that. So, yeah, we are we are all trained extensively. We've been training for at least 10 years. Wow, that's very, that's very, that's incredible, actually. I, I love that. Uh, that you're able to help find missing people uh, because, you know, obviously this is uh, remote viewing gets laughed at a lot, but when you have certain officials reaching out to you and authorities reaching out to you for help um, to find a missing person, you know, there's something to it. We know the government right. has been dealing with remote viewing, you know, since, you know, since they discovered what it was decades ago. Uh, but a key aspect you guys both mentioned is they have a, these Sasquatch, they have abilities. They appear, appear to be the interdimensional or, or yeah, multidimensional, however you want to word it. Uh, would that, would you say that uh, aligns with what you've uh, encountered, Mike? A hundred percent, hundred percent. There's as much activity going on indoors as out at this point. And uh, it's, you know, I, I speak about this stuff all the time, the, the interdimensional factor, because with them, they, I, I use the term masters of energy often at this point, because that's what Sasquatch are. And the whole orb thing that um, Jessica mentioned uh, is directly related with Sasquatch activity. Uh, you know, I'm, I suspect other stuff is too, but definitely Sasquatch, um, there's orb activity related to that as I've witnessed it myself on multiple occasions in real time, both indoors and out. And um, so as far as the interdimensional factor goes, you know, I get visits at home sometimes. I get a granite table right here. I hear, you know, I'm laying in bed and uh, get up to go to the bathroom uh, one morning, it's about 5.30 in the morning and I jump back in bed and, um, you know, I'm just laying there trying to fall back asleep and I hear two loud knocks on my table in here and I know exactly what's going on, right? Um, there's been, it, when you break energy down, there's nothing, uh, it's empty space, right? It's basically empty space. They know how to move through it. And so there's, uh, there's no problem with them putting a whatever rock in your car when it's locked or coming inside your home or, or traveling uh, distant. Um, and I believe it's all connected through consciousness. So yeah, it's uh, the interdimensional factor. Uh, I, I bet the farm on this one for sure. Right. As yeah. I just hear a weird noise in the corner of my room. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> no, I think Maybe I the first uh, time. years ago, I was attending a local meeting and, and this guy was 
he was like, you guys don't understand. He goes, you don't have to go out in the woods to look. They can be here in a room with us right now. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. I kind of, I understood what he was saying, but you just described it perfectly. Uh, yeah, they, like, if you're trying to communicate or look for them, I guess you could achieve that via even meditation or just setting your intention. Obviously, like you said, Mike, they, they've seen this follow certain people. It's no coincidence that you were guided out and had uh, experiences immediately. You know, there might be some strange connection that you might not even have discovered yet. And I think that's the case even with, uh, like, Jessica, you know. There's people, certain people are drawn to this field for a reason, and it's no accident. Yeah. You know what, um, Mike, I, it's really interesting because I don't usually get to talk to people who think like me. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people will argue with me about the interdimensional aspect to Bigfoot. And, you know, most of my team, we're all in agreement that they are interdimensional beings. And something that I find very interesting, I find a lot of things interesting, by the way, but this is something that I find really interesting is that, you know, our, our minds and our brains can only, we only know what we well, we can, oh, we can only comprehend what we already know. Right. So when I was a kid, mm -hmm. I only knew ghosts, you know, and, and I would see a ghost right in my room and I'd be like, Oh, that's scary. It's a ghost. Well, then I got older and I started studying alien abductions and, you know, and I come from a, a line, a lineage of people who have had abduction experiences, potential abduction experiences and things. So, you know, I started studying it and I started having ETs in my home. Okay. So, but you know, what if, what if it was a Bigfoot? You know, I mean, we don't really know what these things are. What if they were ETs the whole time? What if I never saw a ghost? What if that was an, an extraterrestrial the whole time, but my brain only knew ghosts? You know, I, I don't know. I know that sounds, it may sound kind of crazy, but um, well, it, we only understand what we know already. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's yeah. really cool that you're the concept of it being a Bigfoot and coming in through a portal or something in your home. Like that's very interesting to think about because I had not thought of that before, you know? So possibilities are endless. Right. So. They, uh, yeah. With the, with the Sasquatch, they've given me the supporting apps to, to show that, that it's them, right. Um, from footprints and handprints and vocals and, and hair um, that I pulled out footprints and, and there's been visuals and, and there's some stuff that's not been put out, you know, that uh, um, just not allowed to put it out yet. Uh, so dealing with this stuff, I, I know there's a bigger connection going on here too, you know, with the ETs, the UFOs, there's been mm -hmm. cases where Sasquatch are seen coming and going from UFOs. Um, yeah. and, I, and I've had other experiences too with UFOs. So there's definitely a broader spectrum going on here. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that aspect 100%. Uh, so what I'm most fascinated with is, like you said, who are they? Like, um, Mike, on your website, I know you talk about them being an ancient race of people who've been here for a long time. Some people call them the forest people or the guardians of the forest. You know, uh, they're here. Um, who knows what they're actually here doing? I've heard so many theories. I've heard a theory that they're they're from another planet and their ship crash landed here 90,000 years ago and they had no way of leaving you know you hear all this stuff and it just really makes you wonder so uh as far as being an ancient race um what made you come to that conclusion mike um over 
the packet, I've developed written communication with them. So it started with a, just a white board out in the woods where I did some drawing. And when I picked it up, it had some drawing on it and connecting lines and stuff. And, and that uh, changed to, or ended up being in a, a small notepad with a crayon out front of the cottage on the railing. And then that's developed now over time to indoors on the table, the chalkboard and the sketch pad. And, and I'm asking questions out loud and, and I don't get them all answered, but um, I do get questions answered. So uh, at first I'm asking questions that it's a bit complicated on the answers. So again, I've developed that over time to where I'm trying to make it. So it's a yes or no to make things more simplified. Um, I did ask them, where do you come from? Where do your people come from? They wrote home here always. Um, I've asked them about their age. How long do your people live? They didn't answer that. I said, do your people live longer than 200 human years? And they wrote yes. Then I said, longer than 500 years and no response. 300 years, no response, but I got more than 200 years and that the earth has always been their home. Um, I've asked them, are you the first people? They said yes. Um, they, they show me continually, continually that they understand the content of my words um, to what degree with the questions. You know, sometimes they're, I'm not sure if it's 100 percent that they're, you know, there might be a little bit of discrepancy there. I'm not, you know, but at this point, there's no reason for me to believe that they're lying to me or anything like that. Um, but some of the questions, like I, like I mentioned, and, you know, I've gotten pretty controversial with some of the stuff too, but uh, yeah, the questioning has been very developed at this point. So. That's a great method. I, I love that you're even exploring that. And, uh, and I, that actually the answers that you receive that resonates. I feel like uh, there's an aspect of that. That's true. You know, we hear about, um, we hear about all different theories and all different possibilities and maybe the group that you're in contact with, that's true for them. But I wonder if there's other groups, you know, it's not just one, it's kind of just like um, ETs, I guess they, they would all be from different places. I wonder, I just, this is stuff I think about with this topic. Um, so I want to, I want to try and take away some of the fear surrounding um, the, the Sasquatch or the Bigfoot, because this is something that is, seems to come up, you know, the red eyes, they're, they're scared out of people are scared out of the woods or chased out of the woods. My theory is that um, they don't really mean harm. They're just trying to say, hey, this is our home, respect our territory. If something like that happens, I've heard that the smell that comes with them, uh, that's a smell that they can release to ward people off. And I've also heard and experienced a, a I've heard that they can release a beautiful smell too. And I've experienced this up in Washington state when I had an encounter. Uh, we all of a sudden, there's this smell that none of us could put our finger on. We couldn't figure out where it was coming from or even what the smell was. And we kind of came to the conclusion that it was them welcoming us. Um, and as, as it would be the opposite of the nasty skunk ape smell that you hear about. But Jessica, what are your thoughts on, on some of these attacks and, and we hear about Bigfoot, do you think that's actually the case or, or what's actually going on there? Yeah, well, first of all, Bigfoots are nothing to mess with. Okay, so 
I think that there's a wide range of types of Bigfoot and Sasquatch out there. And I think that there are some that are very nice and uh, welcoming and warm. I think there are some that are very angry and alpha. And uh, we've experienced some of those in the woods. So I can't say that they're all nice. I can't, but, but I can also not confirm that they're out there tearing people apart, you know, and even the dogmen, um, you know, we encounter dogmen sometimes I've never encountered one personally, but, um, you know, they're, they can be pretty ferocious from what I understand. Now, as far as them attacking people, you know, there've been a lot of alleged attacks over the years, historically, where, you know, people have been brutally murdered and it has been uh, blamed on a Bigfoot. Okay, so I actually had some guests on my show uh, about three weeks ago, Tex and Rob from Texas Front Porch came on my show. And, um, and Tex asked, asked me if I would remote view, since I'm a remote viewer, an alleged Bigfoot attack in a, an area that he researches called Brown Springs, Oklahoma. And back in the 1980s, there was a couple that was murdered brutally. And it's always been assumed that that was a Bigfoot. Well, I did a remote viewing target. I was kind of a secret. I went on their show. And then when they came on my show, I had done the target. And it turns out it was definitely not a Bigfoot. Okay. So we got the idea to start a new show. I'm going to be doing a show every Friday night where I remote view alleged Bigfoot attacks. Okay. And paranormal attacks. And this is something that nobody that I know of has done before. Um, and I can just tell you just from experience, you know, I've, I've done a few targets and a lot of these, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them, a lot of attacks that have been blamed on Bigfoot are not actually Bigfoot. Okay. I don't know why, you know, they just get a really bad rap. Maybe they're just a good way for people to have something to put the blame on, you know, for, for very brutal attacks. But it, lo it looks a lot like these attacks, a lot of them are human based. Okay. So um, I, I really don't think that they're out there attacking people like people have claimed over the years. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that's important. That's important to note for anyone who's, you know, afraid of exactly that. And I'm not saying like, I, I would imagine they're like, they're like humans, uh, that you're going to have some assholes, and you're going to have some cool ones, right. you know, uh, yeah. I feel like I definitely yeah. feel like something like that's going on. You can't just like, they're not just like everyone. It's not like a clone. Not everyone isn't exactly the same. They're going to have personalities and yeah. And they come from different backgrounds and who knows what they're doing here. Um, well, like you, you said, I think there are different types. There are different species. And I've heard that from many, many different people that there's not just one species of Sasquatch. There's actually multiple and they're mm -hmm. all kind of different. And, uh, and, but the recurring thing is the interdimensional aspect that I, I, I uh, hear people talk about over and over and Tyler with experiences you've had and with experiences uh, many other people I've heard their stories like they're clearly interdimensional like they're, they're clearly operating in a different they're able to shift between uh, this dimension and, and another one and and if it seems like if you see them they they let you see them mm -hmm. like because they can sense you a mile away and they can shift in and out so if basically if you see them they're letting you see them for for whatever reason um or experience them in different ways and uh they'll right. leave behind different things like tyler and i have your your experiences like they've they've left behind kind of like certain things that mm -hmm. clearly Rocks. was yeah. <laughs> nothing else you know yeah um yeah exactly that's that's so true and it's all about intention like mm -hmm. mike if you were to go out in the woods with a gun 
and you're you're there to hunt one or or you know you've just you know capture footage for money or whatever if you had the wrong intentions they may they may never show themselves to you that's why some some of these researchers don't have any luck um what is what's your experience been with that mike as far as um any any negative experiences with them um no no, i've never the only thing that ever happened to me that and it wasn't really negative i think it was just just having fun didn't really understand what he was doing with his strength there was uh one time i was in my tent this i think was back in 2013 and the mosquitoes were really bad and i was using a manual pump to blow up an air mattress inside my tent and i was standing up as best as i could so my my head's at the top of my my tent there you know bobbing up and down as i'm pumping this thing and 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 i was running a, a video camera nearby but it wasn't pointing towards the tent it was just pointing at the woods sitting on a stump or I'm pretty sure that's what it was sitting on. And so, but you can hear the sound of me pumping this up and, and then you hear this branch break. Um, I think it was about three, four inches in diameter, a couple feet long. And you hear crack, like really good loud crack. And then the time it took to whack me on the head um, between breaking was basically instant so it wasn't like a branch broke and dropped from the tree and just happened to land and hit me on the head the timing was too uh, it was too fast it was like crack whack you know so i got whacked on the head once and and i i uh, it hurt man <laughs> but yeah. i told you know i let them know that and they've never done it since um you know i i uh, sometimes i wear glasses and that and i've had marbles hit them you know, hit off my glasses, but there's never intent, right, to harm me. So it's always been, uh, and in multiple locations too, over the 14 years, I've been uh, up, you know, up in the Algonquin area, um, the original area where I had my vocalizations, I spent about four years there, had numerous uh, incidents there. Um, There's been a few different locations, so I've never had any malice shown towards me, uh, nothing like that. It's always they're wild people, man. They're um, some of them are very boisterous at times. And, and I think a lot of the time people uh, misinterpret their, their actions. You know, I get a stone thrown near you or, or a rock that lands near you and they think they're being attacked or something. And no, you know, they, they just might be showing their presence to you, letting you know they're there. If they want you to leave. They can do it without you even realizing what's going on. Yeah. It's that simple for them. They can yeah. basically mess with your mind and, and make mm-hmm. you leave that forest. And it's happened to me like way back. It's happened to me. So yeah. I've heard right. that's that happened to me before too. Actually, I I've walked into like a brick wall of, I couldn't see it, but it was like an energetic brick wall. Like I could not walk further in front of me. And, you know, I, I've also had large rocks thrown at me while I was sitting around the campfire. And if those things wanted to hurt us, they would hurt us. Absolutely. Yeah. And oh, yeah. uh, one of the first times that I ever went out uh, on a, on an expedition, I, um, I had an incident where I can't say for sure it was a Bigfoot, but something that was invisible ran up full speed behind me as I was walking into a field. I was being used as bait is what they call it. Okay. Because I was the female out there with the, all the guys. And, uh, and I was kind of dared to walk up this long field into this tree line. 
And I got halfway up there and I thought one of the guys was running full force right at me from behind. And as they got right up to me, and this was in the middle of the night and it was very dark, something swept my legs out from underneath me and made mm. me jump up in the air and I didn't fall down, but it just kept going. And I felt the energy of it move. It was like, it was a, the size of a human, a big human, um, but there was nothing there. Okay. So looking back on that, you know, I, I believe it could have been a cloaked Sasquatch or something. I, it could have been a ghost. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It could have been pretty much anything. Um, but, but it was definitely an energy. It was definitely something, you know, but it, it, there was no malice behind it. I did not feel like it was trying to hurt me. It was trying to play with me. Yeah. Yeah. I've experienced yeah. that myself um, up at East City Ranch in Washington. Um, that's how they operate out there. You know, they're, they move around they can just phase in and out. It seems like when they want to, uh, but so mm -hmm. many people who have gone up there all share the same experience of they'll either be touched or tapped or, or their hair tugged or something by an invisible force. Uh, and, and the, the rocks being thrown, um, I've experienced a tap on the shoulder, a poke in the neck, nothing was there. Um, and then we went out 3 AM it was me and two other people. And, we had a rock thrown. We couldn't, it was so dark. We couldn't even see where it came from. We just heard it land. And then we're out there. The one guy's filming. Um, and he's got the light shining, you know, the light from the camera. I felt what looked, what felt like a giant hand pushed on my upper. I felt it was a hand. If it was, if you know, you would ask me, like, that was a hand. Uh, it felt like a giant hand push on the top of my back and I turned around quick. I jumped and turned around and the girl that was with us, she screamed because she didn't know why I was turning around. And when we watched the footage back, he just happened to catch it. Uh, when we watched the footage back at the moment, I turned around, this orb flies past my upper back. And then, but what none of us heard in real time that we heard on that we captured on the uh, film was three loud footsteps three crunches in the it was dry it was summertime so it was like dry wheatgrass you know and it was crunch 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 like right up behind me and then that's when i felt it but none of us heard those footsteps in real time that's what was that was really interesting to me but obviously it was some sort of interdimensional cloaked sasquatch so like mike whenever you see them uh, like when, if you, they're moving around camp, sometimes do you even think they're in physical form always? Oh, I, you know, I've really had, a, uh, any visual with them. This is a decade now. I've had all kinds of, uh, physical contact. I even sat in a chair and they died over my face. Um, I've had the pats, the pokes and, um, and it, it used to always happen outside. And that at one point I said, Hey, you know, you guys, this all happens outside. Can you do it inside? And they started doing it inside. Um, there's been times where it wasn't too long ago where I got a, you know, I got a poke right there and I swung my head around really fast and caught a dark shadow that dissipated. Um, or I've been sitting in the chair outside with the cottage owner. Sometimes I'll stand up. We're, we're basically outside the forest tree line. We're outside the cottage on the gravel, there's a little gravel road there, right? So I'm not even in the woods. It's like we're surrounded by it. But um, so I'll stand up to uh, sometimes try and entice activity, and I'll stand up. And there was one time I, you know, I walked a few feet away, and I'm standing there, and then uh, Dwayne comments on this massive dark shadow that suddenly appeared behind me, 
um, like standing directly behind me and I, and I got a poke in the side there and then it was gone. Um, there's been, uh, there, there has been visuals there, but I've, I've only had really one good one sitting in, inside looking out the window where we both uh, were looking at this hairy tree up in the woods, right? And what was weird was we both actually forgot about it at the same time. I had my video camera, all my stuff, and I never used any of it, um, which was odd. And and then we both forgot about it and came back to us both the next visit. Um, so there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on, you know, as you've experienced, right, with the physical contact and, that, and, and the footsteps and and also, uh, Jessica, when you mentioned the, you know, being run run up to, uh, you know, that's also happened with myself and a good friend of mine, Sonia, um, who I brought there to experience that. And we also got a bluff charge like that. They, they love to mess with us. This is just one thing they just love doing. And um, and also, I just want to mention, while I remember, too, uh, Tyler, with the smells, when you're talking that, so I had a experience not long ago that was indoors and they showed me that yes we turn those smells on and off and and they can direct it individually there was Dwayne was sitting right there just a few feet away uh, you know at the end of the table and he couldn't smell what I was smelling and it was put right up my nose and then they did the same to him and so there's there's just all this crazy strangeness and um yeah and the physical contact and so like I said there's I barely had a visual at this point, but the, the activity, you know, the encounters, it's unbelievable amount of it. Right. And that, I wonder why that is, because it, it does seem to be the case with a lot of people. You know, there's a number of people, plenty of people who have seen them, uh, but it seems more times than not that they're having experiences, but they haven't actually seen one like myself. Have you ever seen a physical one, Jessica? I have seen them from afar. I've seen like shadows and things like that. I have never seen one face to face before. And I've been in the field for 11 years. Okay. So you'd think by now I would, I mean, we get a lot of the sign and stuff. Now ask me if I've seen an ET up close. Yes. <laughs> ask me if nice. I've seen a ghost, you know, yes, I've seen all sorts of other stuff, but I have never been close to, I mean, I've been close to Bigfoot's plenty of times, but I've never actually seen one's face. So, yeah, I mean, I see shadows pretty often. We'll see shadows running along the tree lines and, you know, they mm -hmm. come in our camps as soon as we get in our tents and people start snoring. That's always the thing They people start snoring and you'll hear snores come in from everywhere. And then we start hearing the whoops and the whistles and then they, you know, circle our camp and, you know, things like that. So, right. but no, I, I have not had an up close and personal face to face with one yet. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody asked in the chat, um, or they they mentioned the Sasquatch message to humanity books are very interesting. I've never read them, but uh, that is something that seems to happen is they give messages. You know, people get messages from them about like the condition of Earth or what humans are doing to the Earth and, you know, why they're upset with the human race in some, in some cases. And I've even had this experience up, up in, at East City in Washington. Um, I got a feeling whenever I was, they have like a, uh, I forgot, a pleading, uh, medicine wheel. And one of medicine the stones wheel. is a Sasquatch. And I was just trying to connect. And I got this overwhelming feeling like they were disappointed with the human race. And uh, it has, have you guys experienced anything like that? No, I have not. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, you know, 
we, we do try to connect with the Sasquatch and whatnot. Um, there have been times that we, we have, and members of my team have made contact with them, you know, through remote viewing and uh, telepathy and things like that. I mean, um, you know, that, that's, that kind of stuff I've been asked not to talk about um, because it's kind of private stuff that my team does. And we have like ongoing stuff in the woods, you know, with, with uh, relationships with these things and whatnot. So um yeah, um, I, I have never gotten any, you know, profound messages from any of them before. Now, I do have dreams where I do get messages. And a lot of the things that I have experienced are mostly ET based. Now, you know, we started off as a Bigfoot research team and everything is leading to ET and and in some weird way, it's all like UFO stuff and interdimensional things and portals. So we, we have made contact with the Bigfoot, right? But there's just all these other doors have opened for my teams now. And so, sure, yeah, sure. It's, it's kind of gone in a different direction. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, what do you like the purpose of them communicating with people? I wonder if they have a motive or uh, like trying to expand our consciousness and, and, and you know, somehow or, or mm-hmm. help evolve our spirituality. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Mike? This is definitely what's going on. Um, um, just to backtrack, just to the, what you were just talking about as well. I, I was given a, a vision once. Um, I had just woken up, and I think they they like that time when we're um, in that theta stage between sleep and awake, or just freshly awake, and your mind's not cluttered yet. Um, and I, I remember I was given a vision of dozens of them walking across an open meadow all in the same direction that was followed by the words, uh, soon your people will know. And to me, it was clearly, uh, they were clearly conveying, and I think this came from their collective, not an individual. This is just my feeling. And um, But the message was really clear. And and basically, they were saying, you're, you know, your people are going to know about us. This is, you know, we are exposing our people to the human race. So, like, I, I've been able to, um, from my experience, observe that this is not a discovery by science by any means. This is a, is a reveal by the Sasquatch people as they choose um, to expose themselves to us, right? And, and this is what they're doing, exposing, uh, picking and choosing who they, they want to give um, these experiences to, uh, like some people spend uh, two decades at, at this or more and, and they're getting nothing still because they refuse to, you know, allow their minds to open in that. Um, but as far as, uh, what I've watched since I started putting this stuff out back in 2013, basically, um, I've watched this subject really shift and, and change and come a long way. Um, when I, you know, when I was talking about interdimensional stuff way back, uh, you, know, you can imagine the amount of ridicule I was taking. Everybody thought I was just nuts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, and I knew when I started too, uh, it took about a year before I finally, okay, this is what's really going on. You know, follow the prints, where the prints go. I know where the prints go, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they go nowhere. They all stop in the snow. They go nowhere. Hundreds of prints over the years, all of them, hundred percent. That's either one or a trackway. It starts, it stops. That's it. Multiple family members every time for, for a decade now. And, um, but uh, the whole premise of it is basically to expand human consciousness and 
and this is what they're doing. So we're all. Well, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt. No, 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 I'm I, done. I'm done. What, okay. what I was going to, what I've been thinking and what I, what I've been talking to people about lately is that how they, it is raising people's consciousness just to have an experience where people see a Bigfoot or have any kind of cryptid experience, because it's pretty traumatic for people when they first see this, when they first see a Bigfoot or they have any kind of contact, but what it does is it jolts them into a whole new reality. And so what's that doing? It's raising their vibration. It's, it's, it's bringing their consciousness levels up to a whole new reality to where before we were living in this little 3D matrix reality where those things aren't real. It's just a mystery. It's stuff you read in a book to, wow, I just had an experience. I can't explain seeing something that's not supposed to be here. This world is not what we were taught. <laughs> okay. Yes. And so I think that that is how people's consciousness and their awareness is being raised just by having experiences and by hearing people's stories, just like us who have experienced this. And that's why we're out here talking about this right now. Because like I said, what earlier, I feel like I've been called to do this right now because I, I had always kept this private. You know, I, I didn't talk about my research at all, but for whatever reason, I've been asked to do it. And I, and I do this now. And I love it. And I love hearing people's stories, but I'm, I'm seeing how people's lives are changing one Bigfoot experience at a time. Okay. So I think that that's how the consciousness of this planet is raising. Yeah, that absolutely. absolutely I agree with that. That's beautiful. Uh, so I want to connect. So the footsteps start and stop and they just disappear. I wonder if they have this ability to do this on their own. Or are they actually going through a portal like you and your team discovered? And the portals are real. The, the portal system on this planet, I, I think they're everywhere. I, I think that there's a natural system and there's probably even a man-made system at this point. Uh, but I think they're everywhere. People probably walk past them every day, especially in the woods. You wouldn't know what to look for. Um, and if you're not tapped into it, you, you just, you know, you walk right by it. Uh, but empaths and feelers can pick up on these things, remote viewers. So I wonder if they're like when their footprints just stop, they're actually going through a portal, which so can you share at all what your teammates, what your team members experienced when yeah. that happened? Absolutely. And, you know, and this is could be a, a, a where all these missing people are going, you know, with the David Politis mm -hmm. missing 411 series, because, you know, as you know, citizens, we, des we deserve to know, you know, is the government, is the government aware of this stuff? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Who, yeah. who knows about this? Somebody knows about this. Okay. The higher compartments are absolutely people know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, they have to, that's, that's my gut feeling. Okay. But, um, my team was out one weekend at this place that we call the meadow. Okay. And, and, uh, not to give the location away, but one of my teammates did write a book about this. That's the only reason I can really talk about this is because, he wrote a book. So whatever he wrote in that book, I can talk about. Okay. So, um, that's part of the reason I was able to go public with a lot of my research, um, was after this was, was uh, published, but we were out on a research weekend at the meadow. Okay. And, um, teams were dispatched all over the meadow. We'd had a whole lot of weird experiences out there. Okay. And it's a, we call it an area high strangeness, similar to that of Skinwalker Ranch. Okay. And, um, very remote location. There's an open field though. And there were three or four teams dispatched all around the field in different locations. And one of the gentlemen that was out there was looking through his thermal and saw a square show up in the middle of the field, a big cube, like a box. And it looked like it was, um, it had a door on the front of it and it had two crosses 
inside of it, it was just really odd. And he, he thought his eyes were playing tricks on him. And he asked another one of the team members, hey, do you see what I'm seeing? And so well, the other guy got his thermal out and said, okay, yeah, I see a weird thing right there. There's a weird square right there. So Kristen, who was on my show last night, by the way, she got hers out. This thing started to dissipate. Okay. It started off as a white cube. It had heat on the bottom of it. And then it turned kind of black. Okay. Like the, the temperature changed. Um, it started to dissipate a little bit. Kristen um, got her thermal out and started recording it. They sent two team members over to examine this cube. And as they got to where the cube was, they could not see it with their eyes. And, and this thing was about the size of a small shed, like a, like a tool shed or something like a, that size. And as they walked over to it, their heat signatures disappeared. Okay. They said, the two men that went inside of it said that it was like walking into a black velvet curtain. And, but keep in mind, they, they could not see this thing. Okay. But they said that they could not see the stars anymore. When they got, when they walked into it, the entire floor, the vegetation had changed from thick vegetation and briars and, and like grass and mud to a smooth floor. Okay. And they had enough wherewithal to realize something's not right. And so they turned around and walked out and their heat signatures reappeared. Okay. So Wow. The thing, it dissipated, it got smaller and it moved and then it completely disappeared. Okay. So Kristen actually has that on video wow. and oh, wow. we, we haven't released it to the public yet. This hasn't been released yet, but it did happen. And, um, and it makes you wonder, you know, if those guys had not gotten out of there, you know, would they have gone with the cube? I, I we Probably. don't know. Probably so. Yeah. They would have been hanging out with the Sasquatch family. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just yeah. get a weird feeling about it though. You know, yeah, maybe that's where the Bigfoots are coming in and out. I, I just, this weird thing right. in the back of my head, I'm always thinking, you know, is that something that our, our government's doing or something? There's something else. I, I don't know. It sounds ET kind of related to me, but sure it does. It feels that we way just too. Don't know. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that was a, some kind of craft actually is what it sounds like to me. Um, I don't know. They might've walked into and then yeah, so it shrunk and then flew away. Like that sounds like a craft to me. There was definitely a radiation spike out there. You know, we, we have Geiger counters and a lot mm. of times when there's paranormal activity, the radiation levels will spike. And I can say both gentlemen that walked into that got severe health problems after they, they've experienced Yeah, that. I've heard really? that. I've heard that also mm -hmm. with yep. people playing with portals. Uh, Mike, it looked like you were going to say something. I was just going to mention about a, a kind of similar, but wasn't walked into um, that happened um, on Dwayne's property there where they, uh, it was him and his girlfriend at the time had witnessed a row of red lights and it basically turned into a rectangular um, translucent red doorway in the, in the woods. And uh, it showed up another time when I was present and this time it, it was an orb, but, when, when it showed up, it was, uh, it was that same, it had this really bright red nucleus. Um, it was pulsating. Uh, it looked maybe about four feet in diameter, it was slowly pulsating. Um, and and it, this really bright red nucleus with an outer layer, a translucent red outer layer, and it started dancing around doing this. And, um, and when Dwayne saw it, because I saw it first and I 
grabbed him by the shoulder and, and he's, he was like, that's it. You know, that, and he saw something similar that turned into that doorway. Right. So uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of weird, strange light phenomena that comes with this. And I also wanted to mention something about the missing 411 that you, because I've asked about that. So it's pretty insidious too. Um, I, I asked them direct, are your people responsible for the people going missing in the forest? And they wrote, no, and they and they even put the abbreviation GOVT, no government. And then I asked mm -hmm. that is government using advanced technology to make humans disappear? And they wrote AI. So yeah. I wow. tend to believe them. Fascinating. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean that that resonates absolutely. Totally. Yep. Um going while I'm thinking about it, you know, you're talking about communicating with them, the actual language um that you've recorded. For the people who haven't heard it yet, can you describe, like, would you describe this as like a primitive language or just a different dialect? Like, what, how would you describe this language to somebody? There's been actually multiple languages. And, I, and I've asked them about language. What language do you speak? What language do your people speak? They wrote all. Um, the, at one point, uh, I can't, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce properly, but they wrote on the chalkboard, they wrote a language and then they wrote in English speak here and they put an arrow so they basically speak a specific language at that location um they also speak english and and i've gotten written words in other language um some of the recordings sound native some of them sound like an asian dialect to them um so there, there's a whole gamut of different sounds and um you know, at, at this point, I, I've tried a couple, a few times to get people to come on board and try and study this. But so far, you know, a decade later, it's just, I think people are, they believe it is, that it's real, right? It's very difficult. Like, no, that's not real, man. There's no way that's real, right? But uh, at some point, it'll happen at some point, but um, we'll see. Well, are you familiar with R. Scott Nelson and the Ron Moorhead tapes and uh, and how he did that? He's interpreted some of the language of Bigfoot. Yeah, I just did a show I, about I, this. Yeah. I butted heads with Nelson. Oh, have he's, you? Okay. Uh, he's accused me of being a hoaxer, being hoaxed, whatever. And oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Scott. He's um, okay. He's been very. I, I was actually involved in a an email uh, group with uh, Ron and, and Scott okay. was in there, and scientists uh, at one time, and John Bindernagel was in there, Dimitri Bainoff, both of them passed, both of them uh, very much supported me, and, and a whole gamut of others in there. And, and a bunch of them tried to uh, um, sway uh, or dissuade uh, Dimitri from you know, taking my stuff seriously. He wasn't on any social media or anything like that, but he, he was the director of science for Darwin State Museum in Moscow, involved in the subject since 1964. He's written a few books on the subject, and he was basically um, following in the footsteps of, uh, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, Porshnev, his last name, Porshnev, who uh, basically invented hominology, um, which Dimitri was trying to bring, it was his goal to have that recognized as a new discipline for anthropology, which would recognize the Sasquatch as people. So Dimitri knew I was telling the truth. He, you know, he didn't listen to these other guys, but 
Scott was one of them who basically was trying to tell him, don't take this guy serious. So yeah, I'm, I don't like Scott. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's. I've, I've, I'm just saying, I've, I've had to put up with a lot of, you know, which I'm yeah. sure you can understand. Oh man. I mean, as a researcher, I understand completely, you know, uh, and there's a lot of infighting in the field as well. So I never knew that because I kind of stick close to my teams. And like I said, I never went public. And so I am uh, learning that there's a lot of infighting, there's, a lot of headbutting in this field. So the, yeah. The overall paranormal <laughs> and UFO and all that. Yeah. There's a lot of drama, and infighting, unfortunately. It's pretty crazy. Can't we just all get along, everybody? Right. Well, that's <laughs> just kidding. Uh, our last guest, he yeah. he said that, you know, we're screwed if, you know, once people start waking up and they turn to this community to, to figure out what's going on, because, you know, we're they're in trouble because nobody can agree. <laughs> you know, none of yeah. us, can, nobody can agree. Exactly. Uh, everyone, everyone has their version of what they think is happening, you know, their version of reality. Uh, you know, I, I think everyone should just keep an open mind, though, and not yeah. discount yes. anything, you know, I mean, how are you going to learn if you don't, if you're not willing to be malleable and, and to change your opinion? And when you find new, when you're presented new evidence, you know, that's my take on it. You know, I, I, or, or, I, yeah. I can change my mind anytime, you know, if somebody will show me some something, you know, yeah. I, I'm not, it's not my way or the highway. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. What was, what was that, Mike? Oh, just gonna say or admit when you make a mistake, you know. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Have that takes integrity. So have the humility to self-correct. You know, don't you know, don't yeah. just you know get out of your ego entirely. Uh, because yeah. you know, going into this, whenever you're new to this stuff, um, I you know, we're all kind of that way. We we, we think we've figured it out. And then it's not, it doesn't take too long. Well, well, I mean, some people I haven't figured anything out. I'm saying like the, for me and personally, like the early days when I, when I was naive, I, I learned about all this stuff and I thought, okay, I, I had the answers, but then quickly yeah. you, you realize that you don't. And if you're not willing to let go of those beliefs, you're going to, it's going to be a very hard road is what I was trying to say. Right. Um, so, okay. This is an interesting concept. Uh, Emory Smith, there's a lot of controversy around him. He was he came forward as a whistleblower, claiming to uh, work in an underground base and I forgot what military base. But as a he would autopsy alien bodies, and he he claimed to have um, autopsied a Sasquatch body, and he would get the reports on them and and what they were doing here as an ET race. And he said the one in particular that he read about, uh, they would come here on missions. Um, they would phase in like from literally from another planet or something. They would, they would this this particular one. They would come here with whatever technology they use to specifically like study plant life or whatever it might have been. They had a specific mission that they were assigned, and they had the ability to phase in and out, like we talk about. But what he what what he ex was explained in the report was that if they're injured. If they become injured or ill, they lose that ability. And if the end of the mission is nearing and they, their team has to leave, they'll be left behind. And he said that's, that would explain some of the sightings in these areas where people actually see this physical, this physical creature, you know, in a town, you know, how a town will, will have, you know, all of a sudden there'll be a bunch of sightings. And he said that would explain that. He goes, because that particular individual may have lost the ability to trans teleport, I think is what he called it. 
Um, I just think that's a very interesting concept and it could very, very well be plausible. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I've, um, with Emory Smith, you know, I've listened to some of his stuff on the Sasquatch in my own experience and I've been given a lot. Um, I, I honestly, I don't believe a word the guy says. I think he's, <laughs> well, I that's what, that's why I said, that's why I said there's a lot of controversy around him and, and that's, there's yeah. been a lot exposed about him, but, uh, yeah that's a subject for another time that's a different yeah right but so <laughs> that's and that's why you know i want to get your guys thoughts on on his information on the sasquatch so apparently we have the ability to do what they do we just haven't learned it yet i've asked can we just can we also uh disappear like you do anywhere and they said yes right i believe so, that um, oh yeah yeah i believe it I think that's part of the ascension process and, and waking humanity up right now and, and even sharing our stories and helping to raise the consciousness of the planet. Because through doing this and talking about Bigfoot, I'm always telling people, quit drinking fluoride. You know, you need to start yes. working out your third eye muscles and stuff. You know, um, it's important that we all get back into tune with who we are and, you know, with our psychic abilities, you know, and I, I'm willing to start teaching remote viewing if I have to, you know, um, but I think that we just need more switched on humans because we have no idea what we're capable of. Right. And so, um, I, I think it's important. I think this is just a one small step for humanity right now. Just talking about this. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I agree. Yes. We, we have no idea what we're capable of, or we do, we, we can do what the Sasquatch could do, but, but that's the entire yeah. reason for the suppression. They never, they don't want us discovering that. And this is, this yeah. is a convert, this the topic in particular comes up almost every episode. I mean, it's all about suppressing our potential as humans. And, and that would be the ultimate goal. I would say is tapping into what we're capable of, you know, above and beyond disclosure, you know, we should be work. We should be trying to figure out what we're capable of because, um, I think if we can do that, you know, we we can be disclosure. Yeah, I'm working on that, eh? Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. They've given me these drawings that look like equations and stuff, and because um, I keep asking them, you know, how do how do I do this? You know, what does this mean? How do I do this? It's like they want me to figure it out instead of just telling me flat out right um yeah but it's uh yeah it's definitely very interesting stuff and and there are powers that be that did not want us to to learn this stuff you know if an expanded consciousness makes us uncontrollable that's the last thing we want yep nailed it. absolutely right that's yeah. the number one goal is to yeah. keep everybody asleep right mm -hmm. <laughs> controlled exactly yeah. um, that's a whole nother topic <laughs> to get into yeah, that. Right. exactly but, yep exactly so okay uh mike whenever you first went out i know you've had um the handprints and stuff and, and the hairs and all that stuff have you had any of this stuff actually analyzed by any sort of scientist or professional and what were the results um i actually did submit some hair samples to, uh, uh, well, I gave them to Chris Murphy, who runs the Sasquatch Canada site. You know, he's in touch with a lot of uh, folks in that. And this was, uh, I guess, a few years back. So what happened was he was actually a, a Russian um, geneticist 
working in a U.S. government lab. So when they found out he was analyzing my hair samples, Sasquatch hair samples that I collected from fresh snow prints, they fired him. He lost his job. So um, ended up getting hold of uh, somebody who had an electron microscope, getting some images and basically deduced the, the, the closest comparison. Um, there, there were two. Uh, one was human beard hair, and it wasn't mine. I was, I was very careful collecting this stuff. Um, I wouldn't even breathe when I'm pulling hair from prints, right? And it even I says in his... Did you just see that right next to you? I'm sorry. Oh, that's what my cat, that? man. Oh, he's a cat. cat. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I saw that too. There's sound <laughs> spots. Sorry. There's an orb in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. His uh, eye shine. Girlfriend just come <laughs> home there, so the, the cats are like, oh, food time, right? Yeah. Um, nice. Um, so the other thing was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that's it's dark behind me too, so... Um, the other thing was, uh, so he used the electron microscope, and the closest comparison was uh, polar bear hair, which I found very, very odd. And also, I remember Brian Sykes doing a, a analysis years back, and he had mentioned something about some extinct polar bear or something, uh, you know, with some hair samples. So, you know, that was that was pretty odd. So that's that's about all I've gotten from that at this point. And, you know, really at this point, I, I don't care about DNA. I really don't. You know, I know my stuff's real. I'm experiencing it. And, and at this point, I really don't want science to have the information that might help them um, get closer to understanding how they do what they do. I don't want them to have that. I don't want them. You know, it's like I, I like the Sasquatch having their secrets and and they'll share it with who they choose. And, you know, I prefer that way. So. Right. I, I, well, and yeah. you'd imagine there's a group of scientists out there that actually have been studying them via the government or whatever agency for years. And they probably there's probably stacks of documents on on them. Uh, and there's probably tons of research actually been done. But if you have the mainstream scientists come out, obviously, they're going to be shut down and all that stuff. And and uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's like you said, you don't care if they know. And I would be the same way because, you know, like, you know, you don't have to prove it to anybody. And that's how we that's the mindset we all have to have, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because if you go out there trying to prove yourself and prove this stuff, you know, you might just go crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't I I don't even carry equipment in the woods with me anymore. You know, I hardly ever did to begin with. I mean, I have it all. I have all sorts of equipment, but I leave it at base camp, you know, because not only do I feel like I get more activity when I don't have like the equipment to, you know, I'm just not there to prove anything to anybody. And I never really have. And when people would ask me when I'd come out of the woods, they say, well, is Bigfoot real? I'd say, well, get you some hiking boots in a backpack and go find out for yourself. Okay. <laughs> because even if I tell exactly. people what I know, and what I've experienced, you know, especially over the past 11 years in the past, people don't believe you no matter what you say, you know, so I never made it uh, my mission to prove anything, but I have made it my mission to experience everything that life has to offer and to experience Bigfoot and to experience all the high strangeness that I encounter. So, you know, it's all about my experience at this point. And, um, you know, and sharing my story, I guess. And if people want to hear it, I'll tell you. 
Right. You know, well, but that, and yeah, that goes back to what I said earlier, as far as intention, like they know you're not going out there just because you want a photo. Like if right. you're going out there to truly communicate, truly connect and establish a bond and learn more, you're going to have a lot more luck than, yeah. than, yeah. than someone else. You know, I, I, I sure. truly believe that. Uh, Mike, I read on your website that you're actually going to be leading some camping excursions in your area. This, uh, I guess, Sasquatch exploration. What, what are you, what are you doing with that? Yeah, I figured this year, I'm just going to, you know, take out some small groups, um, Max, Four, and myself, but I really don't want to take them into Neff's area. I just, I put too much time and effort into that and I've gone through so much trouble. So I really don't want to jeopardize that, but um, it's, you know, I, I definitely, I got to scout some areas, but definitely I'm going to, you know, choose good areas and, anything can happen anywhere. Right. And what I've learned over the years, uh, the activity has followed me. So, um, you know, just to uh, be there and discuss things with anything can happen. I've had conversations on the phone with people and suddenly they start having experiences. Um, I was just talking to a, a gentleman from uh, Montreal in the, in the past year or so. And, he was going to help me with some audio analysis and he mentioned about a cottage he has in Quebec and he goes, Oh yeah, I'm going, I'm going to my cottage. And I said, Oh, you got a cottage, uh, you know, is out in the remote area. I said, pay attention. You know, the strange things have happened with suddenly with people I've talked to on the phone and sure enough, um, he's had uh, three consecutive visits where he's heard vocals, had print shown up, um, wood knocking, uh, rock clacking and some other really strange stuff and even uh, it's followed him home where he was telling his wife about uh, uh, some of my videos and the marbles appearing from thin air and it, he said it was within 10 to no more than 20 seconds he was standing there and she witnessed it um, they were both standing there so it was behind him uh, a pen appeared out of thin air and dropped to the floor you know after he had just talked about that so um, as, as far as so, yeah, just the excursion thing is just something, I'm, you know, I thought, yeah, I'll do that this year because I'm, I'm sure some people might be interested just to go hang out for a couple of days and yeah. hear some stories and so, learn how I do things. And I want, uh, I just want to mention one more thing too about, um, you know, with the equipment thing, um, putting out audio, they don't mind that. Uh, and I tell them what I do. This is audio. I love your voice. I love to hear your voice. I have learned so much putting out audio recorders and I put them out all the time, every visit. And it's a lot of work listening back, but I have, it's taught me so much about their behavior and how they interact with us. So, you know, it's just something to think about, even though I know you mentioned Jessica, you don't really um, bring equipment to that, right? But, um, audio yeah, the only is, thing I do take is my recorder, my recording uh, device, if I take anything. Oh, so yeah. Awesome. Seems that. to be that the, yeah. the safe weapon of choice. It <laughs> um, is. Uh, tool. So, tool. Tool. There a tool, you go. A tool weapon. or toolbox. <laughs> right. There you go. Weapon's right. the wrong word. Um, so, so guys, if you're up in Canada area, you, you can book uh, a camping excursion on your website, Sasquatch Ontario, correct, Mike? Yeah, SasquatchOntario.com. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically, uh, it, it'd be probably... Hours 
north of Toronto in that region, you know, cottage country, right? Kawartha Lakes region, maybe Muskoka region. Um, I, I'm going to scout out some different locations. I, I have some, some in mind, that sort of thing, up in that general vicinity. Yeah, that's very cool. And um, it, that's that's another thing that's interesting to me about them. Is, you, know, you know, they show up all over the world. Everybody has their own names for them. They look different. But uh, it seems like there years ago we would there's I mean, there's still our hot spots. But like we talked about earlier, like it's like anywhere you could be literally anywhere and have an experience. But I feel like that's the case more and more now because of what you talked about, Mike, as far as the message, like uh, senior people will know about us. Uh, I feel like they're kind of taking that wall down a little bit um, and they're starting to expand how they how they communicate with people. And so you're, Jessica, you're down south, right? So this is kind of interesting. We've got the north and the south here, and then we're in the Midwest. So we're spanning this whole area. Um, Do you, uh, so whenever you guys do expeditions or whatever you want to call them, researches uh, um, down south, do you guys, is it always a private group or do you invite others in as well? It's always private. It's always private. We're real particular about um, our research and, and, you know, um, considering we've, uh, we've had portals and it's not just that one time that we experienced a portal. It's just one time we documented one. <laughs> okay. So um, we, we don't really bring a lot of people with this um, ever. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I, I like to go camping though. You know, I'll go camping with my friends and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, I'll take people camping, but um as far as the research goes, we're, we're pretty, um, we're, we're a pretty close knit group. And so we don't, we don't bring extra people in. We've all been inoculated to all the high strangeness and, um, we've been doing it. We've, we've all been a big team for the past, at least 11 years. A lot of the guys have been together longer than that. So, right. Yeah. And I respect that. And I respect what you're doing too, Mike. I think both, I think both are necessary, you know, people who get out there and and have their own experience, but if you're doing or if you have a specific team and you have a specific um, mm-hmm. thing you're researching, I get that. You don't want to corrupt that because, and you know, we're talking about energy. People's energy fields can affect the entire experience. You know, if somebody's yeah. off, um, it, it might ruin it for everyone else. So uh, it's very interesting how that works also. And yeah, I, I won't take just anybody. I'll yeah. have to uh, talk to you and, you know, on the phone at least and just get a feel for your, your energy right sure sure absolutely yeah i agree with that um guys this has been so much fun um remind us one more time where where we can find you guys you have uh mike you have a website and a youtube channel correct yes sasquatch ontario on youtube and sasquatchontario.com and anybody wants to reach me by email sasquatch ontario at yahoo.ca for canada and uh yeah awesome awesome and then jessica yeah, well, I you can go to my website, thecryptedhuntress.com. Also, um, I have a YouTube channel with a, all of my shows are streamed live there, uh, The Cryptid Huntress on YouTube. Um, I have a show every Saturday night with KGRA Digital Broadcasting called Into the Portal, where I interview uh, Bigfoot field researchers and just paranormal researchers and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, I'm also starting a show that starts next Friday with the guys from Texas Front Porch. Um, about remote viewing and remote, I'm going to be remote viewing alleged paranormal attacks. So you guys tune into that on at eight o'clock 
Eastern. And uh, I got some more projects in the works. So um, stay tuned, everybody. But yes, you can you can find me at the Cryptid Huntress all over social media. And all of those links are below in the description. I highly recommend checking out both the YouTube channels, uh, the vocalizations. I mean, I've heard, like I said, that was years ago when I've heard that and never thought I would start a podcast and actually be uh, talking to you about it personally. So uh, this is really cool for, for me. This is like, like I said at the beginning, I've, I've been wanting to do a deep dive on this subject for a long time. Uh, and, you know, we're getting ready to have our conference here in Grafton, Illinois, and they have uh, a lot of Bigfoot like statues and stuff in that area. I don't actually know the if there's been a whole lot of sightings or not, but it's very squatchy, as you would call it. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if people out there do have experiences. And as sure. we already discussed, they can show up anywhere. So maybe this is just kind of uh, getting things warmed up for that. So if you want to come out and maybe have a Sasquatch experience, that might very well be possible. Uh, because there are actually a lot of great hiking trails and stuff on site. So yep. um, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys both for being here. Thank you for what you're doing. And uh, we will continue to support you on your research and and uh, what you're doing. And we ho hopefully we can do this again. And uh, you know, hopefully maybe one day we'll be sharing some photographs and real footage. Um, by the way, this is something I wanted to bring up. Uh, apparently, so there was a footage, thermal footage of two Sasquatch caught uh, what they, the Yowie in Australia in Springbrook National Park, Queensland, Australia in 2021. And it's being called the most credible footage to date for one specific reason, even though it's thermal, you know, the, the, the mainstream Sasquatch people are calling it credible, that even the skeptical ones are saying, yeah, you can't yeah. deny this. The reason is because there's only two bipedal uh, animals in Australia, uh, the kangaroo and I can't think of the name of the bird. It resembles an emu. These are the two, the only two bipedal creatures in Australia. So when these guys are out in, in Springbrook National Park and it's a massive, massive, I don't know how many miles, how many acres of land, uh, and they catch these two figures, giant, they can't, they, you, can, you can immediately rule out human. And then the one actually bends over and picks something up. It's all thermal imagery, but uh, you can rule out all their animals because there's nothing like that in the area. And it's clearly too large to be human. So people are saying just by you know, process of elimination, it might be one of the most credible videos we actually have. If you guys haven't seen that, um, I'd recommend checking it out. Is that on YouTube? Is that on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube, but it's hard to find a full original footage because everybody takes it and chops it up. And uh, what'd you oh, say, yeah. Mike? Oh, I haven't seen that. Actually, if you could send the, if you if you had that, you could send me a link. You know, in the message there. Yeah, I will. I will, <laughs> and, and I'll actually because I already know people are going to listen to this and want to see it, so. I will put, if I find it, I'm going to put it in the description also, but I'll message you guys with it. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, there was a show, I think it was on like, I don't know what cable network, but they, they analyzed this footage and they really broke it down and did it. They, they actually did the whole Sasquatch justice. And they, they, a lot of videos that were debunked before they made credible again, I really liked the show, but anyway, if I find cool. it, I'll put it below. Um, Anything else you guys want to share with us before we wrap this up? No, I just want to thank you guys for having us tonight. This has been really fun. I love your podcast. And I think uh, Sasquatch is a perfect segue into your conference next weekend. So you guys have a great conference. 
It's not next Thank weekend you. yet. We're still, it's in May. It's in May? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. About a month away. In a month yeah. away. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, then in a Thank month. Thank you. Though. Great yeah. segue. Okay. <laughs> yes. I just want to say I appreciate you guys too. You know, I, I appreciate the open minds. Everybody's done open mind here. And, you know, you're all sound like you're on board with uh, the reality of what's going on here. So, you know, it's, uh, it was great to, uh, you know, have this chat with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys. Yeah, this was, absolutely. this was a lot of fun. And like I said, I hope we do it again soon yes. because uh, this is one of the most fascinating topics always. And uh, I can't wait to learn more about them you know, the, the, the forest people. So uh, thank you guys so much. We appreciate all your support, all your beautiful comments, your donations. None of it goes unnoticed. We can't do this without you. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next time. Have a great evening, everybody. Okay. Take care. <laughs>